welcome to another episode of Ohio DD Talks. I'm your host, Marcy Strader, and my co-host, Sherry Cooper, over there. Say hi, Sherry. Hello, everybody. Welcome to DD Talks. We got a good one today. We're going to bring you the flavor and the sizzle, right, Sherry? That's right. Okay. On today's episode, we are going to be focusing on a crisis in the elemental disability community that has been affecting all of us in our everyday lives. The elemental disability nursing crisis is affecting individuals with BD and their families across Ohio. Today, Mackenzie Burness and Stephanie Hosley of the Ohio State University Medical Center joins us to discuss the public health workforce crisis, their research, and what we can do. Welcome, Mackenzie and Stephanie. Thank you, Marcy. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. Um, my name is Mackenzie Burness. I am a clinical research assistant here at the Nysonger Center. Um, and we are working on this nursing project that was funded by DD Council um, to look into the nursing workforce shortage um, for home care nursing in the state of Ohio. And I'm Dr. Stephanie Hosley. I am an assistant uh, professor of clinical nursing in the College of Nursing, and I'm also a part of a program called the LEND program at the Nysonger Center, which um, stands for Leadership Education and Neurodevelopmental Disabilities. And so my uh, patient population of focus is on patients with neurodevelopmental disorders or developmental disabilities. So also very delighted to be here and happy to, that you gave us the opportunity to talk about this much needed uh, grant that we're working on. Well, I'm just glad both of you y'all are here because this is a major crisis in the disability community and mm -hmm. we need to find other solutions so everybody can be taken care of. So thank you for joining us. So, Marty, I think you got the first question. Okay. Before we get started, could you tell us a little about your roles at OSU MC and the grant you were working on? Um, so the, the grant that we are working on is funded by the Ohio Developmental Disabilities Council, and we are hoping to focus on or will be focusing on the nursing workforce shortage. We know that there was there was a shortage of nurses even prior to the pandemic and the short the workforce shortage. Um, is causing an even bigger crisis for our patients who are attempting to stay in their homes. Without nursing in their homes, there are times where they are forced into intermediate care facilities um, and similar situations versus being able to stay in their homes with their families and stay healthy. So our grant is looking on some of the challenges uh, that are behind that so that we can make suggestions to improve um, the current shortage and the current crisis. So we'll do that with um, 
I'm sorry, Mackenzie, I am doing a whole lot of talking. No, you go. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> so again, our, our, our hope is to make some recommendations to alleviate the, the crisis. And we'll do this through uh, surveys and focus groups. Uh, the, the, the groups that we are looking at and, and talking with include agencies and independent providers and listening to their experiences with the workforce shortage. We also need to get the, the voice and the perspective of families who need and who use uh, nurses to care for their families and their loved ones. Um, and we want to talk to them about how they're coping with the shortage, what things they have found that help them, what things have been barriers, because they, we definitely need their voice to be included on the solution. And then finally, let's talk to the nurses themselves, both uh, nurses that are currently in the workforce and nursing students. Is there something that we can do to increase the number of nurses in the pipeline to help fill the, the shortage? Great, I wanna pass it over to Sherry. Okay, Marcy, so Mackenzie and Stephanie, this crisis was happening even before COVID, but became worse. What have you learned from examining or researching this crisis? Mackenzie, why don't I take it from the nursing perspective and I'll let you take it from just kind of the general short um, shortage. How about that? Perfect. So there has been a, there, they have forecast a shortage in nursing for a while, so it's not new. And we know that burnout is one of the top um, rated reasons or the number one rated reasons for nurses leaving the workforce. So if you couple that with the differences in pay in home care nursing and with the challenges that our current institutions are facing with keeping nurses locally versus the increased pay for travel nurses, we suspect that that is also contributing to the problem. And so again, we're still looking through what some of the challenges are, so we don't know um, exactly, but we do know um, that currently, one of the stats I heard last week was that by 2027, up to 25% of the current uh, nursing workforce is expected to leave. Prior to the pandemic, 50% of nurses, um, in some studies, it was reported that up to 50% of nurses left the profession after two to three years. And since the pandemic, that number has increased to 65% who, who report that they leave the nursing workforce after just three years. So when you have this amount of turnover and you can't get the nurses that you need within the hospitals or the acute care facilities, um, I would think that that's trickling down to the the home care shortage. Wow. McKenzie? Yeah, I, uh, you know, we've talked to a lot of family members too and, and their experience before we send out um, and distribute our surveys. We definitely wanted to make sure we we're asking the right questions specifically with COVID. And it sounds like a lot of them um, yeah, pre-COVID had a lot of issues getting nurses in their home, filling hours, um, and it's definitely exasperated um, those issues. Um, so, you know, we've talked to DODD, Ohio Association of County Boards, um, Ohio Provider Resource Association, Family to Family, 
um, just to ensure, yeah, that we're asking the right questions there for our research. So I want to piggyback off that question and ask, how has this impacted people with DD and their families? Well, what we know thus far from talking to the families and from what we see in our day-to-day -day care of families um, in the community is that families are stressed beyond what they already were. Caring for a patient with a developmental disability can sometimes amount to a full-time job. And so when families are looking at caring for the entire family, not just the person with developmental disabilities, um, caring for other family members, caring when it's uh, children, caring for other children, making sure their medical needs are met, the inability to do that not only can cause stress within the family, but there's concern that this is also impacting medical outcomes. Are they landing in the hospital more frequently because they're not getting the care that they received? Are they receiving subpar care because we are having to fill the, the gaps in care with persons who are um, not having the same level of licensure requirements? Um, and just overall quality of life. When we think about quality of life, when you can't receive that care, and then families are faced with the possibility of having to remove them from the home and place them in an intermediate care facility just because they cannot get someone to fill a couple of shifts of nursing, um, can challenge the makeup of an entire family and the trajectory of their their lives. Thank you, Stephanie, because that's a major issue in the DD community. Absolutely. And then on top of that, too, it's the, you know, the whole system is complicated to even look for where to get help. So people, we've talked to families trying to, you know, if you all of a sudden need a nurse uh, for the first time in your life, they're there are very few resources. Family to Family has created this wonderful um, nursing guide that will walk you through how to um, get specific services and how to get a nurse. Um, but yeah, it's, and it's, you know, with even we've heard from nurses too, to become a nurse in that field, it's also can be quite complicated. So hopefully our research will lead to um, making that more clear so that we can have more people be able to get these resources as they need. So, Marcy, I'll pass it back to you. Okay. All right. How can we make sure people enter? What supports do we need at local and state at the state level? That's a great question. <laughs> and that's what that's what we're 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 trying to look at and, and find out from not only current nurses, but from the nursing students. Is it a matter of education? Do we need to, is it a matter of exposure? We know that the amount of education that nursing students receive on this particular population varies from institution to institution. So if you happen to have faculty who are teaching in the undergraduate program who um, have a specific interest in this population, they may receive more than 
um, some of the other students. The other challenges include um, clinical placements. Our nursing students are placed in different units and they get exposed to different um, populations, patient populations throughout their career. Currently in most programs, there is not a specific requirement to spend time with patients with developmental disabilities. There's also a challenge in finding clinical placements where they are allowed to go. So it's kind of feeding off of one another. So there is that challenge. And then when nurses are in uh, the hospital um, arena, we're not sure what is it that is deterring them from wanting to work on those units. And so those are the kinds of questions that we're asking. Um, we're also concerned about pay. So when we think about what can be done um, at the local and state level, a lot of it is going to, um, we suspect, because we have not, not finished this yet, but looking at um, improving the education requirements, um, looking at the workforce and the environment in the workforce to make it uh, more palatable for our nurses to want to work to, so that they can see the benefits of working with our patients. Um, and then we always have to, to look at pay, right? And whether mm -hmm. or not it is feasible because nurses can love to work with this population you know, with all of their heart, but at the right. end of the day, they have to be able to feed their families and take care of their families. And so um, I think that's part of it. And I'll let Mackenzie address some of the other barriers that we found thus far in trying to get caregivers into the. Yeah, pipe. just, I was going to respond and say, we've also heard so many times that um, a family has a nurse that they really love and they, um, you know, appreciate. And that nurse, unfortunately, has to leave the family that they care for and that they're bonded with. Um, and that's heartbreaking, you know, to hear these, these nurses having to go into hospitals or into, um, you know, nursing homes, not because they choose to, because, because they have to. Um, I, I recently read, you know, you, if you go into a nursing home or a hospital, nurses are making at least six, seven, sometimes 10 more dollars an hour. Mm. Um, and so, you know, just, as a base. And then you, it, there's just a lot more that people don't feel supported. I think it seems that nurses might not feel supported. Um, so if we can talk to, you know, eventually our report can show lawmakers or policymakers how to increase the reimbursement rates. I think that would be extremely helpful. Okay. So I'll got to that question. <laughs> How can self-advocates and family advocates to ensure that we can have more nursing support in the community? I would say use your voice. Continue to use your voice. Um, persons like yourself, Sherry and Marcy, that are trying to get the word out there, that are using your voice and your experience. We have another member of our team, Christine Brown, who's a wonderful advocate in using her voice as well. And so if we can continue to work together to amplify the need uh, to get out the the actual day-to-day, -day, what happens? What is the impact? If we can continue to put a face and a name to what's happening to these families and not just numbers and statistics, 
to make the pa the the patients come alive to the legislature, I would say that is going to help. But we have to get um, the message to the the legislature. And at the end of the day, um, we know that sometimes it, it takes the bottom line and the, the dollar amount. So if we can continue to show the differences and how much more cost the show the cost savings in keeping uh, families in their homes with nursing instead of out of the hospital in the acute crisis or in an intermediate care facility. We hope that that um, would help as well. And so, Stephanie, you actually uh, answered two parts of my next question: was why is this important? So you you said to get the word out, we need to get the word out. Mm -hmm. So McKinley, I'm gonna pose the same question to you and why is this important? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I agree with Stephanie completely to, to get the word out. Um, you know, we've heard speaking to family members, some of the most important important information that we have gotten and received are from family members. Um, and so the connection and the resources, whether it's Facebook groups or, um, you know, social media, um, there is a lot of support out there. Um, there's the Ohio Nursing Club. Um, and so, you know, to, to connect and come together on this important issue. Yeah, I think that's, that's what we got to do. <laughs> well, yeah, it's real. Yeah. I believe it's it's real important because we need we need those nurses to help us mm -hmm. because they help us a lot, like refill our medicines and take right. care of us and different things like that. And I think what you're what y'all are doing is really, really, really important. I agree. I just uh how how do you how do you like having the grant with DD Council and how has it changed the program that y'all are working on? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, this is actually my first grant that I have ever worked with DD Council, um, and I, it's wonderful. They they are super supportive. We um, meet with them often to ensure that you know we are delivering the. Um, points that they want reached in this research. So um, we, yeah, I, it's been great. Uh, Carolyn Knight's been great. Rebecca Bates. Um, yeah, they, we've really enjoyed it. I agree. I, this is also the first grant that I've worked on with DD Council and their passion in ensuring that this grant does what it needs to do. Um, but also being very welcoming and um, has been awesome. The, the contacts that we've made and the information that we've gotten thus far um, has helped me in my own clinical practice um, to, to get a better idea of what our patients are going through. I thought I knew a little bit, but to hear the barriers that they face, um, it, it's been it's been overwhelming at times to think about how much our patients um, and the the community face on a regular basis. So it it that's a great question. This has been a it's been a, a wonderful opportunity for me. I know I like doing uh, different projects with Nysunger. It's really helped me being on the deep. So for y'all coming on here and being part of D Council and all of us working together in a different way makes it even more magical. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. I concur because the last time I seen you, especially the reading program, they do really good work. I had worked with them before. So I appreciate all the good work coming after reading and the last time I seen you. Jerry, what do you think? I think they should come back on and give us some more updates one time, don't you think? I do too. We just sit back and wait till you get all the goodies. And you are welcome back at any time. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yep. we are. We're a couple weeks out from um, distributing the surveys, and so um, yeah, that would be awesome to come back and be able to let you guys know what we found. Do you um? How do how do y'all like working with the provider agencies? Do you work with a lot of provider agencies? We've only talked to um, certain people, so not specific a not specific provider agencies thus far. Um, I'm sure they have a a really interesting viewpoint as well. Um, yeah, we uh we plan on doing focus groups with like supervisors and managers of uh, provider agencies. And I think that the information they give us, you know, on how their hiring process has been, how um, difficult it is for them to find you know, nurses within the field, I think will be really interesting to look into. Yeah, so, I think I think that will be helpful too. Uh, once you get the information, how will you input, input it, implement it? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so we will, after these surveys have completed, we will be holding focus groups as well. Um, and so we'll take that information and make a report out of it. Um, and then hopefully we can share that report with, um, you know, lawmakers um, and try to, especially with Medicaid, you know, increase those reimbursement rates. And, you know, that's the goal. So hopefully we get some rich information from this study. Thank y'all for coming on. We really appreciate it and hope to see y'all soon. Thank you, Marcy. We will be waiting on the update. Thank you, Mar Sherry. Marcy, good show, girl. Thank you, girl. You know okay. we bring on the flavor and the sizzle. That's right. Okay, I guess we'll see everybody later. All right, thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.